everyone, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Jesus Conversation Podcast. I am Brittany, and I am so glad you are tuning in to this episode. If this is your first time joining us or you're joining us for another episode, I want to welcome you and pray these stories you're about to hear will grow you closer to Jesus and bring you encouragement. On today's episode, I will be discussing Never Say Never, a Peter story, where I will be sharing about how saying the word never can be a dangerous thing for Christians to do, and how after I said this word, it is now affecting my life today. So I'm going to start this episode a little different. I want to pose a very serious question. Have you ever been confronted with a hardship or an issue, and you've said out loud maybe to someone or maybe, you know, internally to yourself, I can't, I can't do that, or I will never do that? Or have you been in a situation where you're overlooking something you feel God has called you to do? And you say, no, Lord, it's just not possible. I don't see what you see, and you're wrong, God. Well, today I want to share with you guys about a few different times in my life that God pulled me full circle after I told him I didn't think I was strong enough to do something. Or, on the contrary, I said I would never do something, either because it was, one, too hard, Or I thought I wouldn't be in a position uh, to betray God, but I did. So, anyway, I told you guys at the end of last episode that we had a couple things take place in our home, and it caused us to have that quick two-week delay. And so I wanted to start out this episode, too, just kind of um, giving you guys some backstory into that and to tell you what's been happening with us. So on June 20th, um, as you guys know, my husband is a state trooper here in the state of Texas. We live just west of the DFW Metroplex in a little town north of Weatherford. And my husband has been applying to become a sergeant. So he's been a trooper on the road now almost nine years. I guess it is nine years. Um, And he has been feeling like the Lord has been calling him into leadership. And one thing he expressed to me, and this kind of shocked me, Um, My husband has always loved being a trooper. Um, He's loved being on the road. He likes to be, you know, I think nowadays like cops and LEOs in general just get like a really bad rap. And I'm not saying that there aren't those bad apples out there. I think there's bad apples in every profession. Let's just be honest. Um, But here he has always been that guy that, you know, anytime they're reviewing his tapes and stuff, they're always commenting on how well he handled the situation. He doesn't get angry easy. He's very level-headed. And um, that's something that I feel like truly comes from God. Like he's been able to really hone in on that um, attribute of God and reflect that well. Well, anyway, so he gets a call um, from a job opportunity that he went and applied for in a little town called Odessa. Now I say little town lightly, Um, If you have ever been out to Odessa, normally people will say Midland, Odessa, because the two cities are separate, but they're so close together. It's like a 15-minute distance between the two. Um, And it's literally what Texans consider like (laughs) the Dust Bowl of Texas. So um, it's about four hours east of El Paso, so we're not that far out into that part of Texas. Um, But I can tell you, we were looking it up, it's about nine and a half hours from Durant, Colorado, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so that's going to be something that we're going to do. But long and short, he actually got the sergeant's position out there. Um, so I'm going to be breaking that story down a little bit farther in more detail next week. Um, but just to kind of give you some highlights of that. So our house is now currently on the market. Um, my husband is in Odessa as of Saturday of this past week. Uh, he is living out there on, in a man camp along with a lot of, um, there's a few other sergeants out there and mostly oil field workers. 
Um, and we are here just patiently waiting for God to sell our house. So I kind of wanted to tell you the cool story that led up to this because this is what I think is important. So sometimes God will put an idea on your heart and you have the choice to either, you know, fulfill that idea or go and step in faith in that idea. Or, you know, sometimes you might be a little scared and say, no, Lord, I can't do that. I'm just going to hang back here and see what happens. So a couple months before my husband got this position, we had both been feeling like he needed to apply. So that's what he did. We stepped out in faith and he did that. First place he applied was Georgetown, Texas. He did not get that. And I can tell you he was incredibly disappointed. Um, he felt like he wasn't a good interviewer. He, or interviewee, he um, just felt really down on himself. And um, he came out of that though going, you know what? I thought it was a pretty okay interview. I just didn't feel like I'm very good at this. And we got some great feedback. He came back and then we went and he applied for Odessa. And y'all, when he had that interview, um, he called me on the phone and he couldn't even talk. He was like, I'm so mad at myself. That was the worst interview I think I've ever done in my life. And I said, you know, gee, God had a reason for you to go out there or else you wouldn't have done that. Like we know that we prayed about it. It was an opportunity that presented itself. And if it's supposed to be, it's meant to be no matter how bad you think it is. Well, sure enough, um, God is funny. And even though Garrison thought it was the worst interview ever, he did amazing. And um, honestly, it was just, uh, he got the first position and then they have a list and they only put one other guy on the list and normally they put five. So um, I was super proud of him. I was super thankful to God for the opportunity. But leading up to that interview, we had both been feeling like we needed to start doing some things. So for me personally, I just felt like my house was so cluttered. So I started decluttering the house, really just trying to take care of our lawn. Uh, we have a lot of trees on our property. We have a one acre, one acre property. And um, so we were really cleaning up the tree limbs, um, really just trying to make it look more appealing in case we ever did have to move in a hurry. And so um, we spent the last couple of months working on that. And the night before Garrison got this phone call that he was going to be the Odessa sergeant, um, I had finally sat down with God and I had been feeling a tug at my heart for a while to homeschool our kids. And I finally sat down that night and bit the bullet and bought the homeschool curriculum that we were going to use for homeschooling. And so um, I feel like everything was just falling into place the way it was supposed to. And so now we're going to fast forward. And so me and my husband uh, went a couple weeks ago to go look at some houses in Odessa. And I remember that morning, we woke up really early, we woke up at like 4.30 and left the house at like 5. And it's about four and a half hours from where we live currently. And I remember driving, it was dark, you know, and um, I, I tend to do this thing to where like if I'm really in a deep conversation with God, you know, I'm talking to him in my brain, I'm just really quiet, obviously. And my husband kind of leans over and he's like, are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, I was just praying. And in my mind, I was praying. I was like, Lord, like, I'm thankful for this opportunity. I pray we don't, you know, spoil whatever it is that you have for us in Odessa. You know, we want to be obedient and walk and see what you are offering us here. And y'all, about that time, I look up and there is a massive shooting star. I mean, I have never in my life seen a shooting star go for that long and be that bright in that short amount of time. And I mean, I literally turned to Garrison. I was like, did you see that? And he's like, yeah, I've never seen one like that. And I just felt like in my spirit that God was like, the promise that I have given you is going to be fulfilled. Like, you just need to hang tight. Like, you need to trust my timing on these things. And um, 
I was telling Garrison, and I didn't tell him this until that morning, but about a week before he got that phone call, I had a dream that we got the phone call that he was going to be the Odessa sergeant. And, you know, about three days after that, I was battling with God. I'm like, God, is this real? Is this something I'm just wanting? So I'm dreaming it. And we were passing by this um, land development area that's near our gym. And we were actually going to move there at one point in time and never did. But I just had this weird feeling inside that, like, I would be driving by the same exact land development and it would look completely different. Like, it, had, it things would change so much because we've been gone so long that it just wouldn't look the same. And so I just patiently waited for God to send confirmation, and he did the day that Garrison got that job. And then finally, I just wanted to um, kind of show you another cool way that God brought this whole story together. So our son and daughter, I've told you guys, they're Irish twins. They're very close in age. We celebrated their birthday, which was another God thing. I had planned it like a month ahead of time because I kept thinking, dang, it's just so hot in Texas lately. I mean, literally, it's hitting like 112 here. It's hot. And we celebrated their birthday in June, although they're both July babies. And a good friend of ours from church came, him and his family. And um, we were telling, you know, talking to him about our plans. Granted, you know, we said that we're just kind of relying on God to, to guide our steps. And he said, Brittany, I haven't told you this until now. He said, when y'all told us at church that y'all were praying about a position, he said, God told me that Sunday that y'all would be leaving. And I needed to posture my heart to get ready for that. And so it's just so cool to see how God moves in so many different ways. And um, that being said, I am going to bring us in today to, to never say never. So funny enough, after you've kind of learned a little bit about me, you, you can tell I'm a go-getter. Like I like to go do things. I set my mind to something and I'm like, that's done. Like God's going to the strength and let's go do it. Well, I'm going to sheepishly tell you that like five years ago, um, there was a conversation that was brought up within our family, I think at like Thanksgiving or something. And my sister-in-law, so my husband's sister, her husband, so my brother-in-law, his family lives in Midland. Uh, it's Cece and Mimi, it's his mother and grandmother. They're still um, living out there. Well, one day they said something random like, hey, you never know, maybe you'll be in Midland in Odessa one day. And we laughed, y'all. This was five years ago. We laughed about it. We're like, oh, no, you'll never catch us out there. Well, you know, I remember that moment in particular because I remember when I said it out loud, how uncomfortable my feelings were in that moment. I just felt like, ooh, why do I feel like that? But I just let it go thinking it was just, you know, me being superstitious. And sure enough, I mean, obviously, look at us now five years later. That's exactly where we're going. And, you know, I have had multiple moments like that. And I'm sure you guys can relate where you have said something like, oh, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. And then it happens. And sometimes I feel like God does that on purpose. And sometimes I feel like God just does that because he has got a sense of humor. And so, you know, I think back on every time that I have gone through my Christian walk and I've said never how God has corrected me. You know, I think back when I was in school for my first degree in photography and I had this weird feeling like I was going to be a nurse. And I've kind of told you guys this before, but I went as far as to like find the videos for training for that college for the first year of nursing and watch them. And it was talking about like wound care and excuse my language, but like pus and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, no, like I can't I can't do any of that. That is not for me. 
And I mean, sure enough, you guys know that that didn't pan out the way I thought it was going to be. And I did become a nurse. Well, I remember when I graduated from nursing school, I was like, Lord, stick me anywhere but bones. I can't do broken bones. If I watch a video where someone has broken a bone, it's coming out of the body. I just, I get get queasy. I can't do it. And wouldn't you know, 90% of my cases in the operating room were ortho. So (laughs) I tell you that because God has a sense of humor. And I want you guys to be very careful about saying the word never. Now, I want to share a little story. And I want to tie all of this in in a pretty little bow. But the story is from a couple months ago. And as you guys have been like following along with my journey, you know that I quit nursing, started a couple of Christian companies, you know, screen printing, and then it went to the subscription box. And then God had me close all of that down to pursue what I am doing now, which I absolutely love. And that is to be on this podcast with you guys every day. Um, But what I haven't expressed to you in all the full disclosure is just how much of an emotional roller coaster it has been to get to this point. Like I literally told God over the last two years, I felt like I was an Israelite in the desert or just like how Jesus felt being baptized and going out and being tempted by the devil constantly and going through all of those trials. So I want you guys to know that in those moments where you feel like you're being tempted and you feel like things are, you know, you're hitting ahead every single step you take, it is okay to take a moment and tell God how you feel. I think that's one thing I wish I would have learned as a Christian a lot sooner is that God can handle our feelings. Like he gave them to you. He made you the way that you are. He knows how you think. He knows how your heart works. He knows what hurts you. He knows what scares you. Yet he wants to hear it from your mouth, what is bothering you. And so in that season of a couple months ago, I finally had the courage to be like, God, I am frustrated. You have brought me out of my job. I am in these companies. I'm busting my butt. I feel like I'm treading water. Like, what is the next thing? And I mean, I I had a full on temper tantrum, y'all. I mean, I felt like a little kid in the floor just crying because I wasn't getting what I wanted. And I felt truly defeated and lost. And what's sad is like, I'm usually the first one to like stand up and say, yes, Lord, use me, send me. I mean, I literally have that uh, verse tattooed on my forearm. It's been my life verse for the last couple of years. And I remember like that, be- that night I went to bed and I was so mad. But then the next morning always comes, right? And, and new mornings are new beginnings. And I woke up and instead of being mad, I was incredibly ashamed. You know, I, I, I woke up and I was like, Lord, I'm sorry. I said some things I didn't mean yesterday. I threw a fit like a child. And you know, if I'm truthful with you, it ended up being a pride thing. You know, I, I was wanting to elevate myself in a way that I thought I needed to be elevated and not in the way that God so rightfully deserves to have that position. I was trying to take that position from him. And I sat down that day at my Bible and I was like, God, you know, I'm not proud of what I said. I didn't mean what I said. And in a still, quiet, small voice, I heard God say, Peter failed too. And that broke, that broke me all. Um, 
that broke me so bad because I don't know about you, but I relate to Peter so much. I say, Lord, I love you and I won't forsake you. Lord, I'm for you. Lord, I will do what you ask. And in those moments, like my heart is postured to his. I want those things. I'm truthful. and I mean those things. But in my weakness, I said some things I didn't mean and acted in a way that I am not proud of. Peter failed too. You know, I relate to Peter a lot in the Bible. He was a go-getter. You know, he left his job too to follow Jesus. And we see Peter, you know, jumping out of boats, not once but twice, just to go to Jesus and be near to him. And he walked with Jesus for many, many years. And in Matthew 26, 30 through 36, we see Peter declare something that he hadn't before. And this states, On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, he's always the first one to speak, Even if everyone deserts you, I will never desert you. But Jesus replied, I, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even knew me. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. You ever catch yourself vowing or promising or stating something to God? God, if you will just give me the opportunity of X, Y, Z, I will do it for your kingdom. Or if you will just tell me A, B, C, I will do this for the kingdom. Now don't mistake me. I think it's good to show our willingness to the Father. But a moving tongue and an obedient heart are two very different things. Sometimes I find myself in situations where I have said something and I truly meant it in my heart. And I get to that place and I'm in the thick of it and I'm like, God, this is not what I meant. You ever been there? Ever struggle with that? And you know, this, that part of my Christian walk is getting easier. And... You know, a little tidbit of information that has helped me sort of get my heart postured to God's is that I stopped picturing what I wanted from God. I stopped having human-led expectations and started asking God to show me his God-sized revelations. You know, I'm often reminded of a promise from Scripture for these difficult, unforeseen times. James 1, 2 through 4 states, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, I believe God's grace outshines our failures and his mercy clothes us when we feel like what we've done is unforgivable. But I want us to go back and look at what happened to Peter in scripture, the night that he actually denied Jesus. Luke twenty-two fifty-four through 62 says, Then they seized him and led him away, bring him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And then they kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together. Peter sat among them. 
Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I am not, and I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another persisted, saying, Certainly this man was also with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately he was still, as he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. I want to stop here for a second and just take in the revelation of how all this happened. You know, we read earlier in scripture that it says that they will strike and the sheep will scatter. You notice Peter didn't scatter like the other disciples. He followed behind Jesus as they took him up to the government office. And what I find also interesting is that when do roosters normally crow? In the morning, right? I usually crow with the beginning of a new day. Well, it's a promise and a miracle in itself that this rooster is crowing at night. I mean, who would have expected that to happen? And sometimes I almost wonder if God purposely made it be a rooster to show Peter that he would forgive him. Because with the dawning of a new day means it's a new day to start new. And I, I'm almost kind of convinced that's why that happened that way. But I've been there, you know, I've been there, the one crying bitterly. Have you? I want so badly to be used by God. And I have been in so many, and I have been in so many ways used by God, but it, it wasn't in the way I thought I would want to be used. And it often brought me out of my comfort zone. And I bet if Peter were here today, and I bet, you know, if we had to watch him listen to us talk about his story, he would not like to relive that moment. The feeling of just utter disappointment in himself and in the one that he loves so dearly. And what I also find amazing about this story is that God doesn't just stop the story there. Like we get to see what happens after. And the story at this point is just so sad. It's disheartening, right? I mean, put yourself in Peter's shoes. He is watching Jesus be drug off, knowing that he is going to be killed. And knowing that one of the last things that he did in his eyes was deny him and even say that he never knew him. What guilt he must have been carrying in that moment. And the thought that he would never be able to tell the Lord face to face that he was sorry. So how will we... Hold on to guilt. Can we let it go? Let's see what happens. Our answer lies in John 21, 15 through 17. Jesus at this point has been resurrected and he's made himself be known by the disciples. And he's sitting down with Peter and they're eating breakfast. And it says here, And when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. 
Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus replied, Tend to my sheep. Then Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he replied, Lord, you know everything, and you know I love you. Then Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. You know what I find interesting about that is that Jesus didn't just ask Peter once. He didn't even ask him twice. He asked him three times, do you love me? Does that amount seem familiar to you? How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. I truly believe that Jesus did that so that Peter could see he was being redeemed for every single denial he made for Jesus. And a fun fact about that part of scripture. So the original word of love in Greek is agape, which literally translates to an unconditional love. And when Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? He's saying, hey, do you love me unconditionally? But when Peter is responding, he is using the Greek word philo, which is like a brotherly love. And I believe that Jesus was trying to stretch and to show Peter that in order to love Jesus, it's more than the surface level love. It's just like we need to have a deeper understanding that when we want to be made open to be used by God, we need to be fully open in any capacity available to tell the Lord, yes, Lord, even that I will do. Not my will, but yours be done. Never say never. As we wrap up today's episode, I hope you can use my testimony of never saying never to point your heart to be better postured to his. I find myself often getting disappointed because I assume God wants to do things a certain way and then he doesn't. Or my heart isn't open to being postured to reflect his or it's already shut itself off from doing what he's asked me to do. Or in the latter way, I have already determined how I want it to go. Isaiah 55, 8 says to us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So as you go about your days this week, I pray you start to ask for spiritual eyes to see what he is doing around you. I pray for those spiritual ears to hear what he is telling you. And I pray for a heart posture to his so you can see the things that break his heart and start to reflect more of his attributes and less of what you assume he is like or assume of what assume what you are not like. Be open to change and take it from me and Peter. Never say never. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today and everything you've blessed us with. Father, thank you that even when we come to you scared and we declare, never, Lord, can I do that? Do you still make ways for things to happen? Father, you split the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to leave Egypt. Father, you are the God who broke the walls of Jericho. And Father, even in the moments of weakness, when we feel like we are not enough, you gently whisper, child, you are enough. 
Father, I just ask as we go about this week that our eyes be open to see you in the way that you're moving every day. That our ears be able to hear that soft, small voice, whether speaking to others or in your word. Father, I pray that you will start to break our hearts every day to see more and more of what breaks yours. And Father, we are just so thankful to join here today and to declare your goodness to the world. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So coming up next week, I want to give you guys some insight to what the Lord has been showing us in this season of unknowns. And I will be sharing with you how God has been revealing me bits and pieces of what's next for us here on the Jesus Conversation podcast and how we are sometimes have to have blind faith when walking into our promised land. Until next time, have a blessed week.